T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Morning, Lee. Hey there, Tara. All right, Joe. If I was a murder, murder, juror. Right. I'd already be confused. What'd you know? Yeah, because, I mean, you got both sides seizing on this stuff. I mean, here's here's the thing that's really going to be interesting, okay? This, this Oklahoma-based forensic expert, Tom Bevel, mm-hmm. takes a look at the T-shirt. And officially, so far, we know his conclusion's already been published. Stained with high-velocity blood spatter resulting from shooting Maggie and Paul, his wife and son, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is that February 4th, you know, February 4th draft report, so from last year, he first wrote that the stains on the, quote, the stains on the white T-shirt are consistent with transfers and not back spatter mm-hmm. from a bullet wound. Right. Um, And now Murdoch's lawyers are alleging that under pressure from investigators, the experts are like, well, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's totally stained with high-velocity blood spatter. Okay, but that's the opposite of what you wrote in your draft report. I mean, this guy has no credibility at this point. None. You, you, you can't just change it like that. And what's going to be interesting is how much the jury gets to hear about the fact, well, let's just have somebody else look at the shirt. Yeah. Oh, we can't. We can't? No, it's gone. It, the, it, the, the, the evidence is, this is the key piece of evidence here. I mean, and so when you when all you have is two reports, one saying, yeah, totally blood spatter. No, definitely not blood spatter. And the first one's the one with the definitely not blood spatter. The second one is the one that contradicts it. And now there's no shirt left for the defense to check, to test with their own experts. There's no way to get another expert except this one who has no credibility this is a disaster. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at this and going, wow. I mean, we need an investigation of the investigation. We do, we do in South Carolina because this can't happen again. This cannot happen in murder, murder trials. This is an absolute mishandling of the evidence by the prosecution. But so it's going to be very interesting to see this guy get there. They are absolutely going to put Bevel on the stand and... I bet you the defense is giddy. They cannot wait. And now we have your news report this morning, Lee. Mm-hmm. Well, Murda went over there and checked the pulse, he said. Well, he didn't have any signs of that on him. So, I mean, what does all of this mean? Blood spatter, not blood spatter? He's, he's lying? He's not lying? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I won't know what to make of it at this point. Well, then there's the whole issue of the raincoat 
and then the puddles of water when there was not rain. Yeah. Um, and then the story that his wife was, uh, what, water? They were over there watering flowers um, at the property. So, I mean, this whole thing is just, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what the jury thinks of it um, at the end of it. But I think the testimony this week is going to be interesting, too. What did you make of the Trump visit this weekend? Um, pretty much a tree fell in the forest and nobody heard it. Um, it, it was really interesting to me that this is, I, I tell you, I, I, I've gotten the feeling that instead of there being a active um, opportunity to silence Trump, mm-hmm. there's a passive one. It's just like, okay, um, previously we could not get enough of anything that Donald Trump said prior to him becoming a candidate and, and during his candidacy and during the, the election. And the media, even the left-wing media, even though they were making negative comments and in some cases actually making things up about him, um, but they, they continue to cover it, and, and it was just like, you know, full-blown Trump 24-7. It, all the attention w- was given to him, and now it seems like if he shows up, we're just not going to cover it or we're just not going to say much about it. And uh, I, I just, you know... It was pretty low profile. I really didn't see much of the local or national media doing much with it. No. Um, and here, living here, you'd barely know he was here. Right. I mean, the news covered it, but it it just wasn't the normal fanfare well, Trump rolls into town with. You also, know? going to Columbia, the State House in Columbia on a Saturday, that just doesn't sound like to me someone who's trying to get a whole lot of attention out of something. And then there's the sort of weirdness of he's already racked up endorsements from, you know, prominent South Carolina Republicans, Henry McMaster, Lindsey Graham. And that's to be expected. Yeah, he has. Particularly McMaster. Yeah. But, um, you know, and of course, Tim Scott uh, is not endorsing him because he's either going to run himself or endorse Nikki Haley. Nobody's clear on which one of those will go. Um, But um, basically, they're saying in the Hill that, you know, that this is this was just very tepid, that people... Um, how should we put it? Well, um, several Republicans in the state, they write in the Hill, warn that Trump's grip on South Carolina's GOP voters is far more tenuous than it used to be. This rumblings of support for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, people yep. with their, you know, thumbs up, testing the wind. Um, and uh, Alex Stroman, former executive director of South Carolina GOP, uh, said, you know, Trump came here in South Carolina to lock up his support, and I think that support's pretty soft. I know a lot of people who've endorsed him who felt like they were kind of pressured into it and had to do it, um, but don't plan on being with him when the election happens early next year yeah. in South Carolina. Yeah. You yeah. kind of got a hint of that. I if mean, he's was... still in the campaign when the primary goes on in South Carolina, that's going to be real interesting, and and that may be that may be the test of the you know, whether or not that that candidacy is going to continue. And believe me, I'm not writing anybody off. I'm not saying no, I'm anybody. Not either. But but I do feel like that the momentum right now is obviously with DeSantis. I think and, so, too. And I think that much of the Republican hierarchy, the, the but more than that, the the grassroots folks, the, the ones that are not that tied in to the daily machinations of the Republican Party, I think that they're leaning more in that direction because— I think they're more concerned about policy than they are the necessarily the personalities. And that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just imprinting my personal beliefs and uh, emotions on this situation into that. But um, I just get the feeling that we're, we're more interested in moving the policies forward than necessarily exactly who's the one that's, that's doing that. And quite honestly, um, over the past year or so, Ron DeSantis, to me, 
and and I think many others has done a better job of espousing and um, and promoting the Republican conservative message than Donald Trump has been doing. And of course, some of that may be because he's the one getting the attention. He's the one um, that is currently in office. He's the one that has been the target of the left wing media, the target of um, you know some of the. Um, social Democrats and, and some of the policies that he's put in, been able to get into effect in Florida. We'll see. I, I just have a funny feeling Trump's not going to be the nominee. I have for a long time. It's going to be a bigger fight than it was last time. Yeah, it will. Um, and it's going to be very interesting. And if I was DeSantis, I would do nothing and I would say nothing. Yeah. Because the person doing the most damage to Trump right now is Trump. Um, and, that that meeting at Mar-a-Lago... Uh, and, and with Nick Fuentes, white supremacist, and Kanye, Kanye, right yeah. after the yeah. anti-Semitic race gaff, I mean, I mean, uh, anti-Semitic gaffs. I mean, wh- what were you thinking? Well, I, I just, I can't, I, I, don't, I just don't understand. And and allow Trump to be the lightning rod for the left, right? Allow him to be the the ground strap so that the strikes can hit him, be grounded, and not affect the the other candidates until later on, you know, going into the primary. And, and you know, maybe that's part of the plan. Maybe that's part of what he's trying to do is saying, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to take the strikes for you. And, um, you know, if things don't work my way, um, I'll certainly throw my support to whoever the nominee is. And I, and I certainly hope that's the case. If he's not the nominee, I hope he, you know, graciously bows out and uh, will put his support there for whoever the Republican nominee is. And if he can uh, to support him and, and be there to um, or support that person, not necessarily him, uh, to support they <laughs> and uh, to be with them to, to help them. Um, you know, fundraising and, and whatever else you can do to get um, get Joe Biden out of the office or whoever the uh, Democrat nominee is going to be. Amen to that. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, Trump just this weekend accused Ron DeSantis of disloyalty. Yeah, I, I, so I think he's going to if he can't. I think if Trump can't be the nominee, I think he's going to try to take out whoever is. Well, that's entirely possible. But look at what Lindsey Graham did. L- Lindsey Graham was hell bent for leather against Donald Trump during the campaign when he was in the race and has been one of his. On again, off again, biggest supporters. Yeah, I was standing behind him this yeah. weekend. Yeah. As Trump vowed to fight the rhinos, Lindsey Graham is literally standing behind him on that stage in Columbia yeah. laughing. Yeah. It was a really weird optic. All right, speaking of really weird optics, you know that whole Russian disinformation, Lee? They're, oh, yeah, they're yeah. messing with the election. Yeah. They're trying to target voters. Right. Yeah, that was all fake. We know that now. Guess who was behind Faking Russian disinformation. We'll have that answer coming up. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, good morning. Over the weekend, a thousand National Guard deployed in Atlanta to handle the Democrats' militia, their shock troops. Yeah, the summer of love is back. 
It's a bunch of spoiled white rich kids. I think because they're Democrats, they have the right to blow up whatever they want. Something really interesting just happened in Atlanta. A lot of folks on our side missed it. A lot of our media missed it. And that's this. The black Democrat mayor of Atlanta. In other words, the black Democrat half of the Democrat Party just kicked the white elite half and their militia out of Atlanta. This is a fascinating schism. And nobody's talking about it. Our side needs to get on this. The black Democrat mayor of Atlanta, who was expected to embrace the shooting of the police officer, embra- at least embrace the burning police cars, the looting, the rioting, right? That's the kind of party they figured he'd be down for. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want it. Now I don't want my city. So he was dragged on with Margaret Brennan over the weekend on a panel and asked, now come on, it's wrong to call property damage violence because this is where the left is, right? They want their Antifa goons to be able to go into cities and burn police cars, burn police stations, uh, just burn down the property of anybody they disagree with. And they're trying to establish this as a right. So they figure the black Democrat mayor of Atlanta is going to go along with that. He refused to. And he called it domestic terror. Then backed white Republican Governor Kemp sending the National Guard in to deal with these hooligans. So what has just happened here? The black Democrat half of the Democrat Party just kicked the white Antifa jackboot half out of Atlanta. The mayor of Atlanta, again, who is black and a Democrat, and I'll probably be disagreeing with him next week, but this is a fascinating thing. They're saying, no, 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 we're not going to let a bunch of white kids come tear our city up. Just because they're Democrats uh, and we happen to, you know, agree with that. At least on the things that they think. He backed Kemp sending the National Guard in. Folks, do you realize what a big change this is? Remember when Trump tried to send the National Guard in to stop the looting, the rioting? the bloodshed, the business destruction, including business destruction of black business owners. And he was called a racist. He was, you know, it was North Korea. It was terrible. No. The black Democrat mayor denounced these white liberal loons who were doing the property damage as domestic terrorists. And you think as much as the FBI talks about domestic terrorists, they're everywhere, according to the FBI. They're the biggest threat. You think they would be all over this. They're not. They're not. State police there in Georgia had to, t- had to uh, charge them with domestic terrorism. And I think Antifa figured a black Democrat mayor is going to back them. They could burn whatever they want. They're privileged. Everybody else has to shut up. Uh, and he said, no, domestic terrorism. FBI is nowhere to be found. The people who claim domestic terrorism, biggest threat to the homeland. You have people crossing state lines to burn police cars, to loot, and to riot. That is classic, classic FBI territory because they've crossed state lines in particular. They want nothing to do with it. They're not involved at all. So you have the Democrat, black Democrat mayor joining forces with the white Republican governor to repel these elitist 
white left-wing lunatics out of Atlanta. And, you know, if I just had to bet what's going on here, if, like, I had a guess, Atlanta is a very affluent black area. There are a, a, a ton of black business owners there, and they're like, what the heck? I, no, no, I'm too, no, I'm not having the white kid on the front lawn burning stuff. That's no, uh-uh, no. White kid's not coming through here building my, burning my building down and telling me um, that he's fighting his racial oppressors. I'm just trying to run my business. And that's what that is. Folks, this terrifies the white elitist left. To get repelled by the black Atlanta Democrat mayor who sides with the GOP governor? You know what this is? This is the kind of schisms we have all the time in the Republican Party, but the Democrats are doing it. And everybody's missing this. Listen to this. This is Fox News. Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens rebuked those claiming the anti-police riots seen overnight were not violent, saying the charges against the six protesters arrested will include domestic terrorism. So he is absolutely full-on backing Kemp here. Keep this stuff out of my city. Dickens, a Democrat, as I've said, pushed back on CBS host Margaret Brennan during an appearance on Face the Nation Sunday morning during a panel uh, slated to discuss crime and violence plaguing American cities. Brennan asked for an update on the protests in response to the death of 26-year-old environmental activist Manuel Esteban Pérez Tehran. He tried to kill uh, a state police officer. And and Antifa's mad because the officer refused to die. That is not what you do. And instead shot him back. They they did. He took a bullet. He's dead. So they expect this black Democrat mayor to come on and say, but this is terrible. This is and he didn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. And he doubled down. Black Democrat mayor, this is domestic terror. And Brennan came at him and said, listen, CBS, you, you should be on a program. You need to get you need to get back on a Democrat program. Then she said, you know, but these people calling calling uh, property damage violence. They're, they're wrong, right? He said, no. He said, well, we love to support people when they're doing right. Peaceful protest is part of America, our freedoms. But when you are violent, we will make sure you get held accountable. Brennan was a gas. She was a pol- You mean you're going to hold white Democrat domestic terrorists uh, accountable? So, folks, this is, uh, this is blue on blue. I love it. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to your Monday. If you had texted me this six months ago, I wouldn't have believed you. This is unbelievable what is broken over the weekend. This Twitter files 15. Okay, to set this up, my still favorite all-time text from any one of you I've ever gotten is the simple text, we live in very fake times. And we are learning how fake these times were. 
Russian disinformation, right? Russian influence on our election. The Russians are everywhere. And they're trying to influence everything. They literally have the left terrified of this. The left thinks they lived through a coup, an attempted coup by Russia that just very narrowly failed that Russia uh, was able to interfere with their election and insert Trump, who they control. And Russia, of course, those guys are Nazis in Russia. So, I mean, the left literally thinks they lived through an attempt to take over their country by Nazis. I mean, I can imagine why 56% of liberal women have a mental illness, according to Pew. They say they do. I'd be crazy, too, if I believed this stuff. If I think I, if I thought I had lived through that in the last five years, I'd be really stressed out. It didn't happen. None of it happened. Russia disinformation, Russian disinformation, it's fake. Election interference, but you know, bots, fake. You know who faked it? This group called Hamilton 68. Now, the, this, this Twitter files release, this is how we know this from Twitter's internal files. It's jaw-dropping. There's a group called Hamilton 68, okay? So what they do is they've got a uh, former acting CIA chief, Michael Morrell. They've got a uh, former FBI counterterrorism guy and a former CIA chief. And they come together in this group, Hamilton 68, okay? And they put out this dashboard. And the dashboard purports to monitor hundreds and hundreds of, of Twitter accounts and other social media accounts that are, that are Russian. And so on every subject now, um, we are told whatever the left, whoever disagrees with the left, whatever they're saying, that's just Russian disinformation. And the source the media has used is Hamilton 68. So former heads of the NSA, the CIA, and the FBI counterterrorism guy. Thousands of stories are published. Thousands. By the New York Times, the NBC, CBS, ABC, PBS, CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, Mother Jones did 14 alone. PolitiFact used Hamilton 68 as a source. So did Snopes. They lied. There weren't any Russian bots. There was no Russian disinformation. It was fake. And how do we know that? Well, Yoel Roth himself, hardcore leftist that he is, hates Elon Musk, quit because Elon Musk took over Twitter. We've got his internal communication. That's what they just released from Twitter. And so they were watching hundreds of accounts saying these are Russian bots and oh, and you could go, if you're a liberal media hack, you could go to the disinformation dashboard dashboard and see what Russia was lying about, right? And this is where the whole, oh, our democracy's under attack, Russian disinformation came from. Well, Twitter knew which accounts they were lying about, went and pulled them off. And Yoel Roth is going back and forth. He calls it BS. You know why? Those accounts weren't Russian. They were American. Many of them conservative. One of them was David Horowitz, longtime commentator. I used to work with him. I can assure you he's not a Russian troll. I worked inside his operation. We had no contact of any kind with Russia. That would have been weird if we did. It's not a thing. And so what they did was lie. They put together a, a, a stack of hundreds of accounts and monitored them. That, and the dashboard would spit out stuff like, oh, 
Russians are trying to fool back black voters. Now, ooh, Russians are trying to undermine the Mueller investigation by spreading disinformation. Ooh, Russians are supporting Donald Trump by arguing for his cause. Russia, Russia, Russia. They're not Russian. There were no Russians. And you know how Twitter knew? They're monitoring the accounts. They're all American sourced. They're not Russians. They're not a Russian accounts. Literally thousands of articles. So all of the swirl about Russian interference in our election, all the swirl about Russian disinformation was fake. And who faked it? Who built an entire system to fake it? NSA, CIA, with the help of the FBI. They called it Hamilton 68. And look, for you, you probably don't care. You always knew the Russian was dis- Russian disinformation was fake. You're not fooled by those kind of things. Half the country is. They think they're under assault by Russia. Well, Russia couldn't be bothered. This is a psychological operation, is what it is. 644 Twitter accounts were supposedly linked to Russian activity online or the Kremlin. So you could go to the dashboard, type in any subject, and they would give you the Russian influence. Hamilton 68, used by Snopes and Politico, totally fake. So Twitter was checking to see, according to Matt Taibbi, who did the Twitter Files 15, he was checking to see how many of Hamilton's accounts were real. Right? Inside of Twitter, the executives were. And they came to realize it was a total lie by the FBI, NSA, and CIA. And they even debated, do we tell the public? Do we tell the public there's no Russian bots There's no Russian disinformation. It's fake. And our intel community is faking it. They've created this entire thing to fake it. Twitter's own Yoel Roth, hardcore leftist. He's gay as a husband. He's, I mean, he checks all the boxes. Twitter's own Yoel Roth, head of censorship, called the effort to fake Russian bots, fake Russian disinformation, fake this whole narrative that there was Russian influence on our elections, that Russian bots were out there trying to influence people online, he called the effort bull blank, starts with S, ends with T, and pointed out it was falsely accusing right-wing sites of being Russian bots. Almost all of the 644 were right-wing sites or just like random right-wing Twitter accounts. They were not Russian. And yet they were talking about, look, what should we do because we're going to get tarred with this, We're going to get smeared for allowing Russian bots on our site. We know darn well these people aren't Russian. I mean, one of those guys, the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast, a right winger, small Twitter presence, Russian bot. No, he wasn't. And so literally they're talking about inside Twitter how fake these efforts are. Well, look, look what they did with them. Look what the CIA and FBI would do with them in the years after. They would use Russian disinformation, which they themselves were faking, as the pretext to come in and censor Facebook, come in and censor all of us and control the debate during the election under the pretext of, oh, Russian disinformation. When they knew, not only was there no Russian disinformation, the accounts they were claiming were bots, they were conservative. You know who one of their Russian disinformers were? Again, Michael Horowitz. Michael Horowitz, we're, we're told he's a Russian disappointment. He's been around for years. He's not Russian. Just a conservative pundit. So Russia didn't attack our election with disinformation? No. That was the NSA, FBI, and CIA. And shame on Twitter. Shame on those liberals on Twitter knowing that was all fake. Knowing all these media outlets were lying and saying eh, 
nothing. They ultimately, by the way, decided to just say nothing. I just let him keep lying. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Are you still paying the bills for your kids who are adults? New survey, 90% of adults think they're financially responsible, but 35% still rely on their parents to pay their bills? A lot of that's driven by millennials. Holy cow. Holy cow. Now, look, the the human struggle is what it always has been. 50% of adults in America say they struggle with unnecessary spending or unbudgeted expenses. Those those are just the worst. And 40% struggle to remember to pay bills on time. And they aren't even paying all their own bills. Because uh, this is uh, at an all-time high, folks. At least for this poll. 35% of all adults admit their parents are paying or contributing to at least one of their bills. 19% say mom and dad are helping cover the rent. Another 19% say they chip in the parents do for their groceries. 16% say it's to help with the utilities. Listen to this. 24% of millennials say their parents are covering their rent. They're covering all or part of it. 24%. How old are millennials again? 26 to 41? Wow. I mean, can you, do you, I mean, do you honestly consider it to be financial responsible, financially responsible to pay your 30 year old kids internet bill, utility bill? You know what needs to happen at that point? You know what you need to say to your kids? This will work, I promise. Look, if they, I mean, you know, look, this is by inflation. You could fall on rough times. And I mean, you know, to be fair earlier in the show, I mean, we have the, Largest drop in disposable income ever recorded except one other time during the Great Depression. I'm sure it means nothing, but people are struggling. Sure, it means nothing. Nothing going on here, nothing to see. Let's move on. Um, you know what you tell your kids? Well, move back in if you need help. I, I'm not going to pay your bills. You just move back in. We'll do that. It could work. They'd be like, no, I'm fine. Never mind. I'm good. I bet they could get by if they wanted to. Although that is getting harder day by day. I mean, it is by inflation and Bidenomics, so it's it's not easy to live through. Are you doing this for your kids? And if so, why? What is going on with that? I mean, look, I can see family helping out. They should if somebody is like, I don't know, a serious car accident, major medical disaster, and then you hit a bankruptcy. I mean, like, stuff like that. Yeah, totally, that makes sense. But that can't be the case here. I mean... 24% of millennials say their parents are still covering their rent? 
And millennials are 26 to 41? Holy cow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 